Good morning. Hope you had a great holiday with your friends and family. Uh, This morning, my task is a pretty simple one. I'm here to prime the pump. I'm here to to get the gears turning, as it were, to to help introduce you to this concept of, of thankfulness or thanksgiving. Because at the end, like Jessica said, you are going to have an opportunity to participate with us here today. You are going to have the opportunity to participate in leading us in worship by sharing what you are grateful for, what you are thankful for. And so be thinking, maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to share something to encourage the people in this room today. I actually wasn't even supposed to be here. You ever, you ever have that happen in your life? Uh, Jason Howard, our community pastor, was, was originally supposed to be speaking here today, but he called me on Friday and told me that his mother-in-law, Kate's mom, passed away suddenly and un- unexpectedly while they were in Nebraska on a family holiday. And They've had a really hard few days. Their family is grieving. And so I want to begin our service here. I want to pray for our share time later, but I also want to pray for the Howards, uh, that God's grace would be on them. So would you bow your heads with me and pray? Lord, thank you for your grace that is sufficient for us even in our weakness and in our pain and in our struggles. And I want to lift up Jason and Kate to you right now, God. And I pray for their whole family, Lord, that you would give them the grace they need to get through this very challenging season. Uh, Thank you, Lord, that your timing is good. Thank you that the whole family got to be there and celebrate around Thanksgiving and and had a great time with with Kate's mom on Wednesday before her death on Thursday. And, Lord, we, we trust you in the middle of all of this, and we ask that your grace would be sufficient for them. Lord, be with us here today as we share what we're grateful for And I pray that you would fill us with grateful hearts so that we can give thanks. And uh, Lord, I pray that this would be an act of worship. Holy Spirit, hover over this room and speak to us here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about thanksgiving, and the New Testament gives us a pretty clear vision about what thankfulness looks like for the Christian. Let me just give you a, a few passages to prime the pump and then we'll get going on, on really what, what is my main point for today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. If you ever want to know what the will of God is for your life, uh, this tells us pretty clearly. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks when? In all circumstances, all the time, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you're ever in one of those moments where you're like, God, I just need to know what your will is for my life. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks all the time. That's what God wants you to do. Second passage, Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One more passage, one of my favorites. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious. Boy, we need to hear that sometimes, don't we? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with what? Thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is just a snapshot, a snippet of what the New Testament teaches us about thankfulness or thanksgiving. And and there are a few things we can learn from it. The first thing is you can thank God all the time. It doesn't just have to be on Thanksgiving or on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. It actually tells us we are to thank God in all circumstances, in whatever we do. If you're cooking a turkey, if you're at work, if you're going through a challenging or hard season, or if you feel like God's blessings are all over you, in all of those seasons, God wants us to thank him in all circumstances, in whatever we do. So we can thank God all the time. Number two, there is this inextricable link between thankfulness or thanksgiving and prayer. Uh, When we are thankful, when we season our prayer life with thankfulness, it it actually opens us up to the peace of God, which transcends all others. If you're struggling in your prayer life, if you're struggling to pray, try giving thanks. And that opens some faucet in our hearts. To God. And then the last thing is God is the object of our thankfulness. When we are giving thanks, we're giving thanks to someone. And as Christians, we are giving thanks to God. He is the object of our thankfulness. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. Uh, 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 1 Corinthians 4.7 says that there is nothing that we have that we did not receive from him. And so God is this object of, when, when we give thanks, we are giving thanks to God. So that's kind of a snapshot of some of, of what the New Testament teaches about thankfulness. But I don't want to talk about any of that. I want to talk about this. Before we even get to this idea of giving thanks, there, there is some state of being that we have to be in first. Before we can give thanks, we have to be grateful. We have to feel grateful. And this is really all of the Christian life. Being precedes doing. Who you are starts first, and then that works itself out in what you do. We, we can't give thanks, at least not in any authentic or meaningful way, if you don't feel grateful. Do you feel grateful? Uh, because gratitude is this attitude that God gives us that leads us to this action of actually giving Thanks. And, and, and there's one thing that I think really inhibits an attitude of gratitude, one thing that inhibits us from feeling thankful so that we can give thanks, and it's this. It's this word entitlement. You, you ever, you, have you ever met someone who is entitled? An, an entitled person is all about me. It's the world revolves around me. I deserve something. I have the right to something. Uh, Give me what belongs to me. That is what entitlement is all about. Entitled people are like landowners who feel like they have the deed to a property, and they say, give me the property that belongs to me. Or they're like like an aristocrat who, who, who claims a title, the title Lord, and I demand that you call me by my given title. And the reason that entitlement inhibits gratitude is because they have an inverse relationship to one another. The more entitled you feel, the less grateful you'll feel. Um, if, if you came to me and said, Josh, I love you. I'm so thankful for, for all of the things you've done in my life. I have, I have this gift that I want to give you. And you hand me a gift. Um, if I had an attitude of entitlement, I might say, finally. <laughs> finally, you recognize what a blessing I am to your life. 
Finally, you have discovered. It took you long enough. An entitled person takes a gift and makes it into an expectation, right? I expect this. I deserve this. And the converse is also true. If, if you experience a negative thing in your life, if you have an attitude of entitlement, you will say things like, what did I do to deserve this? Why me? Why my life? And, and, and what entitlement does is it makes a gift into an expectation, and it makes suffering into an indictment. And both of those things are wrong. Both of those things are wrong. And so what we need then, instead of having an attitude of entitlement, is this attitude of gratitude. And so we have to shift our perspective sometimes. We have to change the lens through which we view the world and reality. And I think there's a great example in the Old Testament of this perspective shift that needs to occur that I want to share with you. It's the story of Joseph. You guys remember Joseph? Joseph from the Old Testament? Joseph uh, was one of the 12 sons of of Jacob, also known as Israel. His father loved him tremendously. In fact, he, he probably showed him some, some version of, of, of an unfair favoritism even. He made him this elaborate coat of, of many colors that he gave to his son, and it made all of his other sons jealous of him. And, uh, and Joseph was, it was immature earlier in his life. Joseph, uh, God's blessing and his favor was definitely on Joseph. But in his immaturity, he didn't know how to steward the blessings of God over him. And so Joseph started having dreams. And and he had a dream of these sheaves of wheat and these stars that were bowing down to this bigger star. And Joseph went and told his brothers these dreams. And he said, "The, the sheaves of wheat represent you, and I'm the bigger star. I'm the bigger wheat. I'm the bigger deal. And as you can imagine, his brothers were a little frustrated. But Joseph lacked what we call emotional intelligence, right? <laughs> and so, so Joseph struggled with this earlier in his life, and it made his brothers so mad that they ended up trying to kill him. Joseph, I think, had this attitude of pride, this immaturity. Uh, he, he wasn't quite ready to steward the blessing that God had given him. And I want you to notice something. Joseph's dreams weren't wrong. Joseph's dreams were, if you know the end of the story, Joseph's dreams come true. But God had to bring Joseph through this shift in perspective before he would be the kind of man who was ready to do the things God wanted him to do. Joseph viewed himself as the person who deserved to be in this spot, the aristocrat, the ruler, look at me. And why, Why else would he go share this with his brothers? His father even had to rebuke him during this. Joseph's dreams aren't wrong, they end up coming true, but Joseph's attitude seems to be wrong at this point in his life. And if you know the rest of the story, Joseph goes through this long, hard lesson, learning that learning to, to soften his pride and, and learning that God is putting him in a position to be a particular person, a person at a point in history who can execute things that are part of God's will, and a person who can see things from his perspective, his divine perspective. Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. They they threw him into a pit first, and they said, well, that isn't very profitable. And so they pull him out of the pit, and they sell him into slavery. He ends up in Egypt, and he gets falsely accused of sexual assault by Potiphar's wife, and he gets thrown in prison, and he's in prison for years. And then 
these two guys get thrown in with him, and he interprets their dreams, and he says, hey, remember me, and they don't. And so he's abandoned in prison, and all throughout his life, there's this pattern in Joseph where this terrible thing happens, but God's hand always seems to be with him. And at every turn, uh, God's with him, and he, he ends up being in, elevated to the second highest office in all of Israel. A year later, years later, a famine hits the region, and Joseph is in a position to save not only Egypt, but his own family as well. His brothers come from the, the land of Israel looking for food, and they bow down before this Egyptian official who happens to be their brother, just like his dream. And once his brothers find out that it's Joseph, you guys remember the story, they think, he's going to kill us. We tried to kill him. We threw him in a pit. We sold him into slavery. They think that because that's what they would have done. But God has been doing something in Joseph's life, shifting his perspective. And so that Joseph says this amazing thing, Genesis 50, 20 and 21, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives So then do not be afraid. I will provide for you and for your children. You see what happens here? The script is flipped at this point. You think Joseph's going to be vengeful or frustrated or hateful. And maybe 17-year-old Genesis 37 Joseph would have been. But God has had him on this journey orchestrating his life to put him into the position to be able to save many lives. Not only that, God was orchestrating all the events in his life to help make Joseph into a particular kind of person, a person who could be grateful and see things from a divine perspective at the end of the story. Bad things happened, but God is still good. Life has been hard, but God is still working. You intended it for evil, but God has orchestrated these things for good. Genesis 37, Joseph would not have been able to save many lives, but Genesis 50, Joseph was humbled through suffering, and he learned to be grateful in all circumstances. His perspective had shifted. He went from entitled teenager who couldn't steward the blessing of God in his life to somebody who could see that God works all things, even the moments of your life when you're in the pit for good. And he was grateful. And so there's this inverse relationship between feeling entitled and being grateful. The more entitled you are, the less grateful you'll be. The more you view life as a gift from God, even the pain, even the suffering, the more you'll be able to be grateful, thankful, and give thanks to him on the other side of it. God's blessings are not a validation of our character, and our suffering is not an indictment of us either. It's God's way of, both of these things are God's way of making us into particular kinds of people, right? He does it all the time. He's been doing it in my life recently. We've had a, you guys know me, those, those of you who do, we've had a tough few months it's been a tough four months for the Wilson family. Like, I discovered I had this kidney thing in my life back in July. It was a birth defect. I had half a dozen large kidney stones in my right kidney. I had to have the major reconstructive surgery with this painful recovery. And I got to wear this beautiful hospital gown during the part of it. And, and uh, on top of that, Katie's gallbladder fails, and she has to have a surgery. Multiple car accidents, head lice, our pets' heads are falling off. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. 
It, it, it was a hard season for us. And during this, our, our oldest son, Caleb, we were putting him to bed one night. This was probably three or four weeks ago. And we could tell he was visibly upset. And he goes, Mom and Dad, I, I can't remember the last time someone in our family wasn't sick or hurting. And he was right. I couldn't remember either. And, uh, and I, this is when we got to flip the script on Caleb. And we said, Caleb, you're right. There's been so many hard things. But let's look at the other side of this. All of the ways that God has shown himself to be gracious and faithful and good and kind despite all of the, despite the pits of life. And we got to list all the people who had brought us food. It's like we were living in the Golden Corral at one point. It's like, stop it, with this pizza and steak and Mexican, stop. Like, I didn't even know what to do. And then we had people who, come, who came and anointed our home with oil and prayed over it and multiple times. And, and Jay Hayward, uh, one of our elders and a man that, that I am blessed to call friend, stopped his entire life on four separate occasions and came and sat in the hospital with Katie or I. And it means a lot. It means a lot, Jay. And God showed up for us in a way that, he, that we had never seen before. And we got to share all that with Caleb and say, Caleb, you can look at life with, with, with one set of eyes and see all the bad things and, and adopt this attitude of, I, I deserve something better. Or you can look at life with another set of eyes and say, oh my goodness, what a gift God gives us. The people he sends. The, the blessings he, he pours out that are hidden among some of the suffering that we sometimes go through. And so we have to flip the script sometimes in our lives to be able to move away from an attitude of entitlement and move toward an attitude of gratitude, thankfulness, so that we can give thanks. And that's what we're going to do right now. I hope that you feel grateful. If you don't, then I, that may, sometimes just counting your blessings is a great way to start feeling grateful inside of you. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to take the opportunity in this service to share what God has done in your life and in my life. What are some of the ways he's shown up for you? What are some of the ways that God has flipped the script for you and your family some of the things that you are thankful for. And I've got a couple of mic runners, Barrett and Mandy Robinson. They're going to come around with microphones. And here's how we're going to do this. If you feel compelled to share, and unequivocally, somebody out there is going to, to feel like they need to share something, and they're going to be embarrassed. It's, like, share. This is an opportunity to thank God and encourage the people around us. Uh, just raise your hand where you are, and Barrett or Mandy will come, and they'll hand you the mic, and you get to share in front of all of us what you are grateful for. This is an incredible opportunity to participate in worship. And so that's what we're going to do right now. Who wants to share first? What are you grateful for? Garrett Ray, right over here in the middle. Thanks. Um, my wife and I got to go to Pennsylvania with our work for about a year and a half, and it was a desolate and awful time. Um, <laughs> God used this really hard time to show us some things about our um, relationship, about our ways of communicating, about our real deep um, need for um, a healthy church that uh, of people who love us and care for us. And in his grace, God allowed us to come back to Bentonville, Arkansas, and we get to be a part of New Heights, Bentonville, and we're so thankful for that. 
Thanks, Garrett. We're glad you're back. Who else? What are you grateful for? How has God flipped the script in your life? LeBron, right here. Well, we're just thankful that we're part of this church. Uh, we didn't know why God sent us here. It's always like, I'm here to help or I do something. But you know what God sent me here for is for you to help me. Mm. And this church has become kind of a foundation for us. And as we moved into our new home and all of you, many of you, were servants to come and help us. We couldn't have made it without you. We're thankful for that. But, uh, you know, this is a spiritual place, and I enjoy the presence of God every time I come in. And uh, I am so thankful for the leadership. Now, uh, Josh, you don't have to be overwhelmed by this, but uh, this is a church with many people that are serving. And uh, we asked the elders to come to our house the other night because we got the news that Charlotte has, her cancer has returned. And this is the second time through for her. And it's a rough time. But to know that this church and these elders are, they're there for us. And I think of Tim and Amy and just how many people have reached around and helped hold us up during this time. And so we're just thankful, thankful that we have a body that is our foundation and reminds us what a church is all about. Thank you. Thanks, LeBron. Hey, hey Barrett, will you pray for LeBron and Charlotte and specifically for Charlotte's healing? Absolutely. Thank you. Lord, Father, as we come here, we have so much to be thankful for, and LeBron pointed out so much of it. Mm -hmm. And, Lord, uh, at this time, as we hear that... uh, Charlotte's cancer is back. That's it's, it's tough news. It's yeah. news that is, um, to be honest, is it, it's hard mm. and, and it's sad. And, and Lord, we are just thankful that uh, you yeah. are the mighty Father. You are you are the great healer that you are, Lord. And Lord, we just pray, pray for healing again. Uh, you were you were there before when she was able mm. to beat it. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, be able to, uh, or that you are able. We know you're mm. able. That you would. In intervene again. And Lord, I, I just pray for the, the community that is here, uh, for LeBron and Charlotte, that, that they would be supportive of them and that they would rally around them and, and help them out whatever they might need. Yeah. And Lord, we are just thankful that they're here with us and they're our congregation. Yeah. And it's in your son's name we do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Who's next? Who wants to share? Mark. You know, my, my wife just looked at me. She's like, what are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> this has been a horrible year. Um, wow. So, I, you know, we're kind of where you guys were, Josh. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this has been a tough year. And, uh, um, you know, as we look back at, you know, struggling business, jobs, you know, trying to figure out what to do about job, you know, health issues throughout the family and all that. You know, I, you know, by faith, 
you know, I step back and say, Lord, thank you for being there. Wow. And he has been there through this whole time. Wow. And uh, um, he's been here through all of you. I mean, we've had people come over. We, we downsized our house, and, and uh, we lovingly call it our meth house. <laughs> it, uh, it Sounds looks, like an inside joke there, Mark. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it just kind of looks like a meth house yeah. you know, when we bought it. Everybody was like, why are you buying this? But, but yeah. uh, you know, through the work of a lot of hard friends, our community group. And, yeah. And friends, you know, within this church and others, you know, the Lord has been with us. Amen. And uh, Amen. Um, through advice of friends on what to do with the business and, mm. and other things, the Lord has been with us. And even though right now, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't, you know, I'm not feeling all warm and fuzzy inside right now. I mean, we're scared with what's going yeah. on. But I'm so thankful that God is there. And I'm mm. so thankful that all of you are here supporting us. Yeah. So I know we're going to make it. We have in the past, and and I trust he'll uh, he will again. And uh, and so we we are thankful in that way. Amen. So. Thank you for sharing, Mark. Let me pray for you guys, Lord. Thank you for the pools, and thank you that you are are a light in the dark seasons and, and Christmas coming up reminds us of that and we give thanks to you even in the pits and I pray your blessing over them I pray your anointing over them I pray your your wisdom over them Lord as they make decisions about the future and what to do and Lord I pray that you would help them to give thanks in all circumstances uh, and, and Lord I do pray that they would see light uh, even even at the bottom of the pit that sometimes they feel like they're in, that we could look up and see light shining and hope that is in Christ. And Lord, be present with them by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Who's next? Who will be courageous enough on this side of the room to share? We got one right here. thankful for Mandy so that I don't have to walk very far. Um, I'm going to keep the theme going. For me, um, I first visited this church a year and a half ago. I did it because a couple of the members were bugging me to no end to come visit. And so I was like, let's just go so they'll stop. And uh, I walk in and uh, Josh was teaching on the book of James, and um, from Josh to the elders to the volunteers back there holding babies, um, what I experienced was um, what I would call intentionality. Is that a word? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah? You give that one to me? Yeah. So um, I was just just thinking and praying this morning, and, and I was in Second uh, Corinthians uh, three eighteen, and we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord, and being transformed mm. into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Yeah. And, and I'm 
thinking and praying through this this idea of transformation. And for me, uh, right now, uh, in a in a in a incredibly from a, a earthly perspective blessed season, um, physically and financially, but. Uh, Spiritually, you know, that transformation process sometimes is painful and, mm. and sometimes is easy. And so what I experienced when I walked into this church from the, from the leadership all the way down to the people holding babies is an intentionality in this walk, in, in, in trying to grow spiritually. Uh, I've come close to a bunch of guys and this probably speaks more about their wives and, and the women in their lives, but these guys who just want to know the Lord mm. more, uh, as do I. And so we've been able to um, really just ask hard questions, uh, come alongside people who are going through hard things mm. and, and challenge each other when we're starting to feel good about ourselves that we got this deal figured out, uh, yeah. when in reality we don't, and we're just uh, figuring this out. So. I'm super thankful for this body. Every single person in this body, from from the shortest uh, <laughs> to the tallest uh, to the, you know, every one of you. So uh, thank you guys. Super grateful, especially for the mic carrier. Thanks, David. We're thankful for you. Who else? What are you grateful for? How has God flipped the script in your life? Josh. Hey, Lindsay. Yes, I'm thankful for this church, too, and I went through my own health issues right after I started coming here, and y'all prayed for me, and thankfully, um, I'm doing a lot better overall, but I was thankful, and Katie brought me food in the hospital when I was there a couple years ago, whenever that was, and then my community group has been praying for my siblings, and the Lord really did a lot with that this week. Wow. Um, so two of them that were at JBU, which were here, they were here when I first moved here, mm-hmm. are now living in the state of Washington. Wow. And so my sister's husband's with the military, so they were moving from St. Louis with two little ones to Spokane. My brother lives in Seattle, and last Saturday I called him, and he said he had six meetings on Monday, and he had tried twice to help my sister. They couldn't get into their house on time. The, the date kept getting moved back. So they were in temporary housing when they first got to Spokane after this huge trip with two little ones. Wow. And it ended up that they couldn't get into their house until the day that I was going to land there on Monday. <laughs> and my brother had six meetings that day. And he, I said, don't beat yourself up. They know that you're trying to help them. But he came. He drove like five hours. And I haven't wow. seen him since May. I don't get to see him a lot. So that was neat. Wow. Um, it was just good to have time with my sister and her family. My other sister got to go hunting with her husband last night and this morning, or I guess it was Friday night, Saturday. I was praying she'd get a deer. She got one. <laughs> so I cried just because <laughs> for her, that's, that's awesome. just a neat time with her yeah. husband. So thanks. That's good. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. Thank God for deer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Who else? What are you grateful for? Tell us your name. I'm Brandy Hayward. Thanks, Brandy. Um, I just want to echo a few people in this crowd about being grateful, about being part of this community and this church body. Mm. Uh, who is 
a year ago that I did this, stood up and said how thankful I was, and it was completely nerve-wracking, hard <laughs> to do. Uh, this time it's a little bit better. Um, I get to share praise in seeing God so active in our community and in our church body. I've gotten to see so many people in this body um, give endlessly um, without even getting to see the results of that giving. Yeah. Um, wow. I know that this morning there was a little couple who came for the second time, and um, I brought them, and I dropped them off, and I'm like, I really should have stayed. They don't know anybody there. Um, and so I kind of felt bad, and then I was going about doing whatever, and then I was just reminded it's not about me. Um, and God is completely present. Mm. And no matter what I was doing, they were where they were supposed to be um, and to be confident and comfortable with it. So basically, you know, handing that family over to the church to do what we do. And when I picked them up to take them back to where they were, they were like, I think we found our church home. Wow. And they haven't found that in a while. Wow. Um, so I just want to thank you all for doing what God tells you to do and uh, just loving on your community in whatever way you're being told to do so. Thank you, Brandy. What Brandy didn't say is that she's a part of a ministry that kind of grassroots thing that helps meet the needs of people who are homeless or housing insecure here in Bentonville and in Northwest Arkansas. And the couple that came this morning, they, sh they shared it in first service on the open mic, so I think we're okay to share it. They, they're living in a homeless shelter. Brandy goes and picks them up, brings them to church. And so I just want to say we're thankful for you being the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you for all you do, Brandy. Who else? Brad's got one. Brad in the back. Do I really got to bring the mic guy a mic, though? Yeah, it's a little bit. He's got all the power, so. Luckily, my wife was uh, in the first service, so she can't censor me, Mark. Um, I'm also having one of those moments where uh, I'm realizing that, you know, uh, knowing the things that you want to say and how to say it are two completely different things. Yeah. Because um, I, I was just going to leave it short, sweet, and simple and say that uh, 10 years ago, in like four days, uh, I was getting back from my deployment to Iraq. And uh, that alone probably would have been enough, but, um, you know, you start kind of getting this prompting to uh, share a little bit more. Uh, so in that sense, um, there are moments where you kind of have one of those unmistakable God moments. And if you haven't had one of these, um, they're, they're both beautiful and uh, destroying all at the same time. <laughs> Um, but, it, you know, and you're not necessarily thankful for them as you're going through them because of how difficult they can be. Mm -hmm. But uh, once God kind of leads you through that and um, you start to experience some of the peace on the other side, yeah. um, it's, it's something that you don't really want to replace that pain for the joy that you feel on the other side. So uh, before uh, my deployment to Iraq, uh, I was actually uh, 19 and getting ready to go on a uh, deployment to Afghanistan. And I had a heat stroke that prevented me from going. Um, I was three days out from actually getting on the plane and leaving. A lot, uh, some people might know this story. A lot of people might not even know that I've served. But um, 
at the time, you know, being 19, a kid, getting ready to go to play with my unit, and I don't get to go, I felt like a failure. I felt like okay. I was letting people down. Um, I didn't realize, uh, and I used to give my mom a hard time about it, too, because I said that she almost killed me with prayer because she was praying that I didn't have to go. Uh, so <laughs> if, if anybody is curious, like, yes, prayer really does work. Um, <laughs> Uh, I also blame her for my wife and I getting together, but uh, that's another story for another time. Um, it wasn't until about four months later that, you know, I'm still kind of struggling with, you know, what I'm going to do and, and feeling like I let people down, okay. that I was notified that my platoon sergeant, I was his driver, um, they were in an IED attack. And so wow. uh, everybody in the vehicle survived, but uh, the guy that had taken my place was sitting next to him. So I either would have been in this seat or in the seat driving. And so uh, Sergeant Hunter, he uh, um, ended up having emergency uh, graphs and stuff, like they evac'd into Germany and all that stuff. Wow. And, um, and then the other guy had permanent nerve damage and still had a, a bullet in his hip even years later. He's, he's wow. since passed. But, um, you know, just thinking, like, in that moment, like, how, how disappointed I was that I didn't go to war you know, who, who does that, you know, <laughs> as, as we're sharing some of these stories and, wow. and, you know, everybody's going through different kinds of pain. Um, you know, there's, there's almost like a sense, you know, sometimes where it's like, we're either wanting to feel a similar pain so we can connect with that person so we can empathize or we're in this state of, you can kind of see the development that got allowed to happen because of that pain. Yeah. And we want to crave some of that for ourselves. Like mm -hmm. we, they've experienced the peace of God that we haven't experienced yet. Mm. And so there's kind of this two-sided thing to all of this. Um, and in the first service, I noticed that a lot of people were talking about how hard of a year this was. And um, something else that a lot of people uh, don't know is that uh, we've struggled with infertility for years. Wow. And uh, even in the hope of knowing that there is something, we've actually had and experienced two miscarriages this year. Wow. Which is super difficult and hard. But at the same time, there's like possibility and there's hope where there wasn't one before. Yeah. And so wow. even in the struggle of, of life in general, there's so much to experience through all of the pain and the struggle yeah. and the disappointment. Um, just knowing and seeing and experiencing and having the benefit of, you know, 2020 in hindsight mm -hmm. of seeing how God didn't leave me in those spots. Yeah. Like, God didn't leave Joseph in, in the pit. He didn't leave yeah. him in prison. Yeah. And I'm not hinging my hope on saying that God's going to elevate me because he makes no promises of that. Yeah. Like, he's after my heart. Yeah. And I've had many conversations with him and with other people here just to say that, you know, thankfully, mm -hmm. like, he doesn't leave me in those dark spots. And he's after my heart. Yeah. And he knows exactly what he needs to do to get me to look more like his son, Jesus. Amen. And so uh, wow. this year through, through that, through selling our house, moving our business, it's, it's been rough, like just yeah. logistically and everything else. But you, I start to kind of realize that there are things that I will hold on to or try to retain control over that is actually holding me back from allowing God to do that work in my heart. Yeah. And so um, wow, there's Brad. somebody here. I, I definitely needed to hear it for myself. Like I'm hearing this for the first <laughs> time, just like everyone else here. You're like, that was pretty good. I like Out that. Out loud, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is just my string of consciousness. Let, let, hey, let me pray for you. Can I do that? Uh, absolutely. Why don't I do that right now? Lord, I, I 
I'm so thankful for Brad and Amy and all the ways they serve our church. Thank you for saving Brad's life. Who knows what would have happened if had he been in that, that vehicle in Iraq. And Lord, I, I pray that you would be with them during this challenging season of infertility. Lord, thank you for the hope um, that, that wasn't even there before, Lord, that they might have children. And I pray, Lord, that you would answer their prayer. Give them children and give them peace in the middle of all the, the, the challenging, painful uh, disappointments that have come. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for this guy and how he loves and serves so many. Bless him and bless Amy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good testimony, Brad. Wow. Okay. We've kind of run out of time. I'll share one more thing because I think it'll encourage someone here who, who maybe needs encouragement. And it's, you know, all the stuff that we, I mean, lots of people suffer in lots of different ways. And, and your suffering is real, whatever you're experiencing. I was at a pastor's retreat a couple weeks ago, and I met a, guy, a, a pastor who, who uh, he's, he's in his mid-30s, just got diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And uh, he, he may pass away in the next six months. And so it gives, a, gives you a little bit of perspective about our lives. But, but my kidney stuff, I feel like the Lord has revealed to me, has, is this metaphor for this deeper work that he wants me to do in my life. And uh, there's this thing that has always been inside of you that if you don't fix it, it'll hurt you. And, uh, and so I took advantage of something that we offer to all of our members and regular attenders in this church. We, we have a relationship with the Joshua Center. And so I, I, you know, all the medical stuff finally got my heart into a place where I was ready to maybe process some wounds and some hurts from my past. So I started counseling. I, I, have, I, I grew up in a, a very broken home, a home with, with addiction and poverty and a lot of trauma in my childhood. And and so I've been in, in this counseling and experiencing this healing uh, as a result of this. And I feel like the thing that I'm thankful for, that I want to acknowledge to all of you who are sharing hard things, is that, that, that the thing that I feel like God is telling me is sometimes he allows our life to crack just enough so that light can get in. And he can start doing some of the work that he's always wanted to do. And so if you're going through that, if your life feel like it feels like it's cracking a little bit, maybe God is inviting you into a deeper intimacy, a deeper faith, a deeper walk, a, a time of healing that maybe you're ready for. I wasn't ready until my life started exploding around me, but I've been ready now. And so if you need to see a counselor or if you want to meet with someone, then come and talk to me or one of our staff people. We'd love to connect you with that. It's a great resource we have as this church. And so I'm thankful for you. And we're going to enter back into a, a time of worship as we end here. If you would stand with me, we're going to pray. And that passage in Colossians tells us to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so we're singing a lot of hymns this morning. And this is an, an old one that we're going to do. And let me pray and then we'll, we'll sing it together. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for cracking our lives just enough. Uh, to let light get in and to, to let truth um, penetrate the places that have been self-protected for so long. And thank you for the testimonies here this morning, God, that of your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for the body of Christ that are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. Thank you for, uh, thank you for the seasons of blessing and the dreams, and thank you for the seasons of suffering and the pits. 
because we know that you are Lord over both and you are making us into particular kinds of people and we trust you in the middle of it. So thank you, God, for your faithfulness. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.